The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear an earful of brilliance from a marketer who has brought an iconic brand to life. Ready to hear the secrets and untold stories behind the brand you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of OH Partners, Scott Harkey. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where we tell the untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers who built them. I'm your host and CEO of OH Partners, Scott Harkey, and we're going to hear about how LifeLock CEO lost grip on his identity. Joining us is Todd Davis, who's the former CEO of LifeLock. He's the current chairman of Cadenwood Brands, which provides plant-based wellness solutions for every consumer segment. Today, Todd and I are going to discuss why he gave out his social security number on national TV. Okay, here's my conversation with lifelong friend, Todd Davis, the former CEO at LifeLock and chairman of Cadenwood. Todd, what's up, man? How you doing, Harky? Glad to be here with you. Hey, good to have you. All right, let's get in. I've, I've heard this story before and just fascinates me. Why the heck did you decide to give up your social security number as you're building a brand for a company. How did you come up with that idea? Obviously, we know it was lightning in a bottle when it hit, but what the heck were you thinking? And and tell us the story of how it happened. Well, so let's go back just a little bit, right? So startup company, you know, look, those are the days, Scott, where we're trying to make payroll, right? So this is not like, hey, we can go try any old marketing campaign. Let's go throw everything against the wall, right? We had to really think through being effective, efficient, So there were really two things at play when we decided or I decided to give out the social security number. So number one was I couldn't, I didn't have money. So I couldn't go buy advertising, just launch a television ad campaign because we had no money. So what I knew we had to do to build the brand was we had to establish credibility. Well, to do that, I was really on this massive PR campaign. So anyone that would put me on television Regional, couldn't care less. Radio, I'd get up at any hour. I'd go anywhere because, of course, then when they put you on television, they're like, oh, we're interviewing the CEO of LifeLock. Well, no one in the viewing audience is like, I've never heard of LifeLock. But you look credible because the news is interviewing. It says CEO of LifeLock. must be a real big company or something, right? So that's step one. We're trying to make payroll. I'm doing a PR campaign, right? I'm trying to get attention. But step two, and I know a lot of folks that listen to your stuff are great marketers and stuff already, but what are we trying to do? I'm trying to get breakthrough to consumer consciousness, right? I'm trying to get your antennae to pick up my message. And as you and I know, so many people make the mistake of just splattering everything and thinking, well, somewhere in that message is what my people are, somebody's going to be interested in. The problem is, you don't, no one hears it. 
right? They never get to, even if there was something in your message that was interesting, they never get to it because I already tuned you out. The antennae didn't pick you up, right? So of course- You guys are tracking. I mean, you're a digital marketing guy too. I mean, you're tracking all deals, but yet you're you're going heavy awareness PR-wise. Like you're- Heavy. Well, and so what would happen is then we can immediately see the results. I mean, it was, when I say instantaneous, I used to get on the call tree, Scott, after we were such a small company. When I walked out of a media interview, I would go into a rental car or whatever I was in and say, light me up. And that meant put me on the call tree because right now people are calling. 1-800-LIFE-LOCK. Wow. Right? Now, I will tell you a little inside story, right? Of course, I'm also thinking, well, I was just on television. That builds credibility. If I answer the phone right now, I lose credibility. It can't be the CEO <laughs> who I just saw on live television is answering what the phone. a large company. Yeah. Right. But something's not right here. So I never, you know, like lied to anybody, right? But I went into what we called my telephone voice. And so my full name is Richard Todd Davis, right? So I wouldn't say, hello, this is Todd. I would say, thank you for calling LifeLock. This is Richard. How may I help you? And so that way I didn't sound like the guy they just heard on television, right? But that's how small we were. That's how immediate the feedback was. So, of course, what are, I'm trying to come up with, what is that disruptive thing that breaks in and gets into your consciousness, right? So we started with things like just the concept of the million-dollar guarantee. That was going to be the hook. Hey, we're so confident. We'll put a million dollars up knowing that for 99% of the population, that's more than their net worth, right? So to them, that was a bold statement, right? That we guarantee it up to a million dollars, which got us a lot of the PR, right? That's how we would get the story. How do you stop it? How can you guarantee it? So that was the hook to get the PR, but then once I'm going to be on television, I had to come up with something else, right? So I'm sitting in one of these, you know, you know what they're like, these phone booth, broom closet studios, right? It's totally dark. There's some camelback mountain behind me, you know, backdrop. But I'm looking at no one. I can see no, no one I'm talking to. All I can do is hear them in the IFB, right? But I'm thinking, okay, what is, how do I get them? Well, I'm about to be on CNBC who has, you know, 200,000 viewers, maybe at any given moment. So I'm like, that's a big audience for us, right? That's bigger than, you know, whatever morning in Tuscaloosa, right? Like, <laughs> this is big. I, got, I need to get people's attention. So I call, pick up my, back then it was a BlackBerry. That's how it tells you how long ago this was, Scott. <laughs> so I pick it up and I call and I'm, I'm saying for legal counsel, hey, what if I give out my social security number on national television? And of course, at first, they're like, well, I don't know, what do, why are you asking? I'm like, hey, I don't have time. Now, keep in mind, in my ear, they're going insane in the control room. They're like, Mr. Davis, will you please put down the phone? Mr. Davis, seven minutes to air. Will you please put down? And I'm just looking at the camera like, okay, hold on one sec, one sec, you know, right? And I'm asking my guys, what can we do? So they jump right to it and they tell me a couple of things. So one, they said, hey, you can't actually dare anyone to steal it which people actually remember, think that that's what I did, that I dared people to steal my identity, which I never did, because otherwise I could have been deemed soliciting a felony. Right? <laughs> so that register, I was like, got it. Don't ever dare anyone. All I said was, I'm so confident. Here's my real social security number. And your legal counsel was okay with that? Well, 
look, I wasn't necessarily vetting the whole thing. What I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I was basically asking was, what are the third rail? Like, what can I really get? What kills the company or kills? Right, what's really against the rules? I don't want to break some yeah. FTC or SEC or whatever rule, right? So I'm like, what happens? They're like, hey, you, you know, you can't dare anyone. There's stuff back then we couldn't see everything. I mean, as we grew, we got a lot more visibility and we became a really high tech. Back then we were elegantly simple. But they're like, there's gonna be stuff and you're gonna get your credit's gonna get crushed because <laughs> you're gonna get like ten thousand plus credit card applications <laughs> with your social. But there's nothing we can't clean up. And I'm like, okay, got it, bye. Right? So I get on air and the uh, the anchor back then, Mark, he's passed away since then. But he's great and he's going, Mr. Davis, you know, identity theft, tell me how it happened, you know, every three seconds. Okay, whatever. And you're so confident, Mr. Davis, you back it with a million-dollar guarantee. Well, that's where I saw my window to try out this new concept, right? <laughs> and so I came at him and I said, Mark, I'm so confident I will give you my real social security number right now on live television, right? And you see, or you hear him, I can't see anything. You hear him like, no, 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 Mr. Davis. Now, by the way, I can hear though in the control room, somebody's going like, have him give it, have him give it. Because they're like, that's great <laughs> TV. Who cares what happens to him, right? Yeah, yeah. But it was kind of like uh, my friends back when I was in high school, I'd start jawing with some other guy or something and be like, hey, you want to fight? And then when people were holding me back, then I really got brave. I'll fight you. I don't well, so when they when Mark was like, no, please don't do that, Mr. I'm like, no, Mark, I will do it right now on live <laughs> television. I will give you my real social security number right now. He's like, no, 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 Mr. Davis, please, please. Can we get back to the top? Scott, it was instantaneous. It was insane. It basically launched a rocket ship that I rode for the next, you know, 11 years. Wow. It was insane. We signed up something like 20% or some ridiculous number of their entire viewing audience over the next 72 hours. It was, we signed up like 40 some thousand or whatever people. So I was going to say, I was like doing the math in my head. You, you had this crazy idea. You talked to your attorneys, like my credit's going to be <laughs> shot. <Yeah. laughs> Correct. No, probably not getting a loan for a while, but this is potentially in the gray area. I think I'm okay. I'm going to try out giving my social security number yeah. on, on CNBC live with 400,000, 300,000. Yeah, and so we signed up like 40. So think though, that's 400 grand a month. In recurring revenue. Wow. In that moment from one campaign. How big a company were you before that? Oh, this probably near doubled the size. Doubled the company like that. Over overnight. So you probably had forty thousand monthly subscribers and then boom, there's eighty thousand. Yeah, we we had and then you know, I used some of that. We we had venture capital money come in from their Bessemer and then Kleiner Perkins and those guys, but um, yeah, I mean, we were, it was so early. And, and you're like, I need to put this on TV. I need to PR this more. Like, this is it. This is, we, we so got that's something. when we created the ad campaign. People remember me driving around. I never drove the truck, but a billboard truck with my social on it. And I stood in front of the television virtual. I'm Todd Davis, CEO of LifeLog. And that's my real social security number. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And so that was, again, we just, we rode that thing. You know, now the FTC hated it. Literally, even though I didn't break any rules, hated that I gave out my social security number because somehow they thought I was then making people think they had to be less careful 
So there were some repercussions that were unintended. I didn't want to pick a fight with the Federal Trade Commission. It's not a great idea for a business. But at the same time, I'm telling them, what are you guys talking about? Everyone has to give out their social to their employer, their doctor, their dentist, their school, insurance. It's out there already. I'm trying to tell people, take action to protect yourself. So we worked through everything, right? We grew through all those fights or whatever. So for 44 consecutive quarters, Scott, we grew the company. Wow. And I remember you eventually sold the company yeah. to Symantec for Yeah, we took billions. it public first on the New York Stock Exchange. So we did that. But a true unicorn. You were a founder unicorn based on this ad campaign, basically. Yeah. And I, one of those really rare unicorns that survived startup to public company CEO to then sale. So to Symantec, we sold it for $2.3 billion to Symantec. So what are brand marketers missing then? I mean, I go to these marketing conferences and they're testing and they're finding the consumer insight and the human truth and some decent work happens occasionally, but very rarely do you have the LifeLock or the Dollar Shave company or like, the, you know, very rarely do you have these moments in time where something just blows up overnight. MTV that just happened. Like you don't learn that in marketing class. Like how did you know to do that? Like you kind of, it sounded like you kind of cowboyed it a little bit. Like, Well, a little bit. I mean, but think about most of us, even when we've been sitting in those meetings and we've even been subject to it a couple of times, you know, when I was still running LifeLock where we got too comfortable with ourselves or whatever, right? And, and we're playing it safe and this kind of stuff. I think what people really miss is when you get those insights, but you still have to deliver in a disruptive way. It has to be something that rattles people where, by the way, I've always joked about this, half the people thought I was crazy, half thought I was brilliant. We still don't know which half is right, but it sure was successful, right? But think about the other campaigns you're talking about. Think about those breakthrough things. They did something that made Everyone said, wait, wait, what did I just see or hear? Wait, let me. And so it basically hit this reset moment in the consumer's mind. So even though people go out and get this insight, which you can get, right, if you do, and people do the studies, you need to, which is probably right. It's probably accurate, a lot of this, right, insight that you can get. But you still have to deliver it in a way that breaks through the clutter, right? And then you make the brand promise, right? So a breakthrough. I made a brand promise. What was my brand promise? I said, I'm so confident that here's my real one. If we're wrong, if we fail you, I back it up with a million dollar guarantee, right? So I said, I can't, and told people, can't stop everything. But if we fail you, it doesn't, we're not like insurance. I don't drop you. We fix it for you. You're not going to be out time or money. Go on and live your life. That was the brand promise, right? Then you had to deliver it. So think about the brands, and we've seen them back in the day, IBM, you know, with their several, we can see Domino save themselves, you know, or at least somewhat, right? I love that. I love the Domino's campaign. Right? I, I but think about what they did. They did what you're not supposed to do. They put, they paid to put advertisements about how crappy their pizza was for a while. They showed pictures of the bad experience yes. and said, I'm sorry, we, we understand what we did. We understand our mistake. We screwed up. No more. Brilliant. Right now, everybody can talk about more ingredients, fresher ingredients, blah, blah, blah. That's just So is it, you said two things, is it about the brand promise or is it about how you deliver the brand promise? Oh, well, so it's how you get the attention is, doesn't matter what the brand promise, no one's listening. So okay. the most important thing that's the hardest thing for people to do is break through the clutter, right? Okay. So that is actually the lightning in the bottle. That is actually the, the campaigns we all think of, right? 
were the ones that when we saw it in the moment, you went, whoa, what? You know, Apple yeah. and, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Not Mel, so whatever. Yeah. Those were the ones that would break out, you know, Spike Lee and Michael Jordan, right? So those are the yes. ones that you were like, whoa, whoa. Oh, right. This is, right? Now you got me and I'm listening. So now once my antennae are up, now's when you make the brand promise because I'm listening. Once I, once you're, I have your attention, you're, in fact, you're hungry to hear what I have to say. Yes. So now I make the brand promise, but then the third element can't lose it is you must execute, must deliver against that brand promise. And if you can piece those together, those three elements, and it's hard, it's, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we tried to do it. We launch other products, but it was vitally important that we continue to deliver on the brand promise, which by the way, is probably why I survived being a unicorn that can take a start up and fight the FTC because we just kept growing because we delivered against Brand Promise. It, it wasn't about the ad campaign ran out of steam. What was the third thing? It's breaking through mm-hmm. it's del- and it's delivering a Brand Promise. That's clean. And then communicating the Brand Promise, then and delivering. Then delivery. Okay. So you have to, okay. all three of those, because, you know, we've also known companies who made a heck of a Brand Promise at first. And then when you get it and you're like, well, that wasn't the service or the experience or whatever I expected, then they're gone, right? Uh, think of the, the app store. How many apps yeah. do we let go? Die. Well, you made a brand promise when I read the damn thing that looked different than whatever my experience was. So now I don't use your app. Do you think large publicly traded companies with boards and many stakeholders are at a disadvantage? And can they even do something that's disruptive? How hard is it to get people to buy in to do something so shocking that that cuts through and actually delivers on a brand promise? Well, so I think they're actually probably at an advantage to do it because they report their results because people can see it, right? So I'll tell you what I've really found now as I get to go invest in early stage companies and sit on other boards and do these kind of things. I see early stage companies so scared to take the chance. So they won't spend the money. They won't, because to them, if I make this bet, if I do this ad campaign, if I do this brand promise, whatever, and it doesn't work, it could be catastrophic. So they're almost paralyzed, right? They play it safe. They try to do these campaigns that capture everything that's somewhere in my messaging in the six, whereas most of them probably just focus on a feature, not everything, right? (laughs) One thing, yes. I call it the city slicker, the one thing. What's the one thing? Right, right. But they don't do it because they're so scared. Or by the way, even investors are like, oh, but that's a big number. So, you know, it costs a lot to build a brand, a lot of money, right? There's been studies that can talk about up to a billion dollars to really build a brand. That's what you said. You said by the time you're done, you raised a couple billion dollars to build a brand. You told me one time hiking, it would take two billion-ish dollars. And this was 10 years ago to build a brand that people would know at 40%-ish rate in the U.S. Unaided awareness. Yeah, Unaided awareness, 40% plus, it cost you two, three billion bucks. So think about it. By the end, we were spending a hundred and something million a year Wow. Almost 200 million a year, but we kept growing. So once you had the brand, and that's where the, you got to have some experience and confidence, I suppose. But that's where I think being the public company, the big brand. Now, the CMO has to have the courage, right? Because if it doesn't work, yes, you're probably going to be needing to look for work. <laughs> but the great ones, right, are the ones that are willing to say, let's go. Let's be disruptive. Let's put it out there. Because if we're right, if we build a brand, it is to the moon. We're unstoppable. 
I love it. I absolutely love it. Wow. Now we've heard how to start a, uh, a unicorn company and how not to get scared if in, you're investing in early stage investors. So big thank you to Todd Davis. That wraps up this episode of the Rebrand Podcast. Thank you to Todd Davis, former CEO of LifeLock and now chairman at Cadenwood Brands for joining us. In part two of this interview, we'll publish tomorrow where Todd and I are going to discuss how to become a best-selling CBD brand at CVS. If you can't wait till our next episode or you'd like to learn more about Todd, you'll find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes or visit his company website at cadenwoodbrands.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to the podcast, head over to rebrandpod.com. We will have summaries of all our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our newsletter, or if you want to talk about your most impactful marketing campaign, you can apply to be our guest speaker on the Rebrand Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RebrandPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is SharkyAZ or Instagram Scott Harkey. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of marketing campaign brilliance in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button on your podcast app and we'll be right back in your feed the next business day. Okay, that's it for today. But next time, remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand.